Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and in this episode, I am speaking with Dr. Brittany Johansson. I have a beautiful family. I have a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. The six-year-old is in all-day kindergarten, um, and then uh, and the eight-year-old is in third grade, so going full-time. Um, and the preschooler, though, is not. And so we're choosing to be three days a week so that we can still spend time with our kids. And she'll be going into full-day kindergarten next year, next fall. So that might change the way that we keep our hours a little bit. What I'm considering is bringing in a medical director and a master esthetician to operate the laser and do facial aesthetics on our days off, so our other two days off. So they could be doing something for two days, and then we could be doing our dental sleep medicine for three days, and then we're utilizing the space, which then doesn't really raise a lot of our fixed costs, and it's just an increased revenue stream. And she's such a happy, uplifting, optimistic uh, person. It's a wonderful episode. I encourage you guys to really listen to it. Listen to how she built her practice. But before that, of course, we dive into her past a little bit and we figure out how she's honestly been wanting to be a dentist since about second grade when she went into the dental chair and she had some work done. But then she transitioned throughout her, her career, I guess her process, right? And got really into sleep. So dental sleep medicine, and then she hyper-focused, she niched down on that, and she did a startup practice, and one of the main reasons she wanted to do a startup practice was because the toys or the, the tools, right, that she wanted to buy, that she wasn't allowed to buy or she couldn't buy in her associateship, but now she's able to do it, and she discusses with us what exactly she bought for her practice to transition to this, what she is looking to uh, continue to invest in. And then at the same time, we discussed the courses she's been taking and the one course that transitioned her, right, from becoming just a regular, not regular, but like a general dentist to someone who's hyper-focused in sleep medicine. So she lets us know about that course. Uh, she also talks to us about her fee-for-service, how she's uh, doing that, and also the clinical aspect, how it's evolved in her practice as well. We dived into her practice, right, her startup process. So she lets us know who, which consultants she worked with, which team she worked with, which bank she went with, how, what were her, the terms of the, of the loan and so forth. Um, we also discuss about the construction process, some crazy construction things happen. We also discuss her team and how one of her team members came with amazing systems. I mean, she's been in the industry for a really long time, and she brought with her some systems that really impressed Brittany. And so she talks to us about that as well. Um, she talks to us about her whole IT setup and everything like that in the background so much. We discuss a lot of things in this episode. So guys, without further delay, here is Dr. Brittany Johansson. Brittany, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. How cold is it over there right now? Um, not as cold as Iowa. That's where I'm from, but we're in Utah now and it's, it's all right. I mean, you have those crazies that still go out in the shorts and then me, I uh, am kind of a wimp. So I still go out in my parka. Have you ever seen those people who have like a hoodie sweats and then they have flip-flops on? Yep. That's exactly what we saw with some people. And then we went to like the zoo lights a couple days ago and some people weren't prepared for the cold. So I had my like snowsuit on and everything. And there was someone who had, I'm betting it was a first date. 
and just high heels on with open-toed high heels. So her date went to the gift shop and bought the bear claw slippers and oh. gave her his socks and shoes. But I was like, so I don't know if that's a win or a loss because it's like, oh, how cute slash, oh, wow, you really weren't prepared. <laughs> to you, is that a win or a loss? I don't like the cold again. So I, it would be a loss, except <laughs> because he still tried to stay there. I'm like, eh, let's go get some like hot chocolate now. We're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, that's nice. That's good. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, that's a a big ball of a question, but let's go for it. (laughs) If we go back way back when, in second grade, I drew a coat of arms and it was what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I drew a dental chair. It looks probably more like a gray blob of a rocket (laughs) ship or something. Then I was trying to figure out, okay, well, that's what I've always wanted to be. And when I got to college, I was like, okay, is this really what I want to do? And I found out that it's art and science and everything all combined that I did want to do it. So I went for it. Um, I actually got rejected the first year and then Mm. I got accepted the second year. And so that was good for me, though, because I had to realize, okay, is this really what I want to do? Because or is it just me living up my second grade childhood dreams? Being a dentist is great. And I was going to say was because a lot of people don't consider me a dentist anymore because of the niche that I'm practicing now. So I practice more dental sleep medicine. That is because I took a course five years ago. I came home, I started telling all my husband all about it, and I haven't stopped talking about it since. Then we were, after about two years, my husband's like, oh, this isn't a fad. Like, you're serious about this. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually really serious about this. So he was like, okay, well, let's follow your passion and do it. And so we decided to do a startup practice just because not being an owner I didn't have a lot of buying power. I wanted to buy the toys that you want for dental sleep medicine and airway wellness and everything that I have now, but I just couldn't purchase that as an associate. And I also was so busy taking care of all my restorative patients and hygiene, which is very important. I'm so glad that people do that, that I just couldn't devote myself fully 100% to either venture. So I decided to jump out and jump 100% headlong in into dental sleep medicine. And I am so happy that I did. How long have you been doing dental sleep medicine now? Yeah, so I, my practice has been open since April of 2022. But then I've been doing different cases, granted on a more limited basis for the past five years since I took that course. So it's been really awesome. It's funny because I started focusing on kids and guided growth development and craniofacial development and sleep breathing disorders. But then when I would talk to all these kids and their parents, the parents would be like, okay, well, what can you do for me? And so I was like, well, what can I do for you? So then I had to take other CE courses to get me to learn how to do adult treatment and all over the place there. And yeah, it's just been really rewarding. And it's a totally, I've taken the dental model and I've kind of flipped it upside down just a little bit. So I approach it a little bit differently, but I think that's what I want people to know is it's okay to come at your questions with a different answer and a different viewpoint and you do you and you make it work and you be happy with your choices. And so I have made different choices that maybe the hustler who's trying to make the millions of dollars would be like, well, what are you doing? But for me and my family and my lifestyle, that's what works really well. And that's what keeps me happy and stress-free. And I love it. Yeah. No, that's good. You said you approach the dental model differently. How? So we 
don't have like the general hygiene model and I want to keep, I still have a handpiece and everything else, but I keep that hidden in a, like a, it's a cabinet. It's a pocket door cabinet almost so that mm-hmm. when kids come in, they don't look at that and get scared. And since we're trying to almost take the dental mindset out of it a little bit, because the dental mindset is I have a cavity, fix it. Again, that's really important. But if you have sleep apnea, you can't say fix it, cure me of it. You have to just be happy with the small improvements that you get. So I'm not going to take you from zero to 100%, but I may get you to that 60 to 70% improvement. And we're a fee-for-service in a different kind of way. We still look and use out-of-network benefits, but it's more of that cash pay basis, which again, people coming into a dental office, they kind of just automatically assume that they're using insurances. I know a lot of practices are very successful doing fee-for-service, but I know it's taking them a long time to get to that point. So we have our patients, they come in and they get a complimentary consultation. We actually spend a long time, a half hour to an hour with that complimentary consultation, but that is kind of our marketing. It's our market education and it's our, hey, does this office jive with you? If it does, great, here, go on to our comprehensive exam and then our paid services. But if not, hey, it was great chatting with you. Um, I'm glad that you were able to learn more about how to improve your health. We don't try to do the hard sale, which not everyone does in dentistry. But again, it's just kind of that instead of saying you have a problem, we're going to fix it. Hey, you have a problem. I want to help you improve your lifestyle. Hmm. And more than likely... Percentage wise, if you were to be like one to 100 and you go with that approach, is it like people are like, well, what can I do? Can you provide something for me or how does that look? Yeah, everyone's just really interested to hear other options. They, they've been told, OK, CPAP is your only option or surgery or mm-hmm. something else. And so they're just happy to hear another option. And if someone asks me a question, I'm actually OK saying, you know what? I don't know the answer to that right now. Please um, give me the chance to find out. And I'd love to continue this conversation with you. And they're kind of surprised. No one's ever just told me, I don't know before. And and then we tell patients, hey, go home, talk to your husband, think about it, and then come back. Because we find that we have a lot more satisfied patients when they're not pushed into things, when they've agreed to things and they're satisfied with the treatment and with the financial investment with everything. Whereas other offices, maybe if if they walk out the door, they're not coming back. So Mm -hmm. let's see how much we can hook them right now. So again, just a slightly different approach, but different isn't bad. And the other way isn't bad either. It's just the way that our office likes to do things. Yeah. The way you guys run things. I like that. So if we rewind a little bit, you said you did your own startup practice not that long ago, right? Like, yeah. uh, okay. So what, what toys did you buy for dental sleep medicine that you felt like, oh man, I just can't have that as an associate? My Fatona laser. I, I have a slight laser obsession. So I do, I'm not I'm not a rep for the company or anything else like that, but my laser is running basically every day. And so, and I'm using it in so many additional ways than I realize. It's kind of funny because when we were kind of um, coming up with this brainchild of the startup practice, you obviously have to figure out all the business and the construction and everything aspect of it. But the clinical aspect of how I practice has actually even evolved over the last eight months already. Um, And it's just kind of fun just because now I can use my CE courses as a business write-off and I can do, I can buy new toys and, and try out these new things and, and do a lot of different things. So my laser is a huge portion of my practice. I also have a CBCT. And so a lot of startup practices uh, maybe are like, I'm not going to get a CBCT right off the bat. For me, it's necessary and mm-hmm. crucial. And I have to see the airway. I have to see the joints and the 
sinuses and the teeth and everything else like that. And so I'm really happy with getting all those things up front. So, Brittany, what course did you take where it just, I guess, like transitioned everything, pivoted and you're like, oh, I'm going to do dental sleep. This is it now. Well, this is funny because if Dr. Moralia is listening to this course, he's like, oh, my gosh, this girl has given me so much shout outs. Like I might need to like say, "Okay, you're like fangirling me too much. But (laughs) it was it was a course with Dr. Ben Moralia. So my my former boss, who I'm still friends with, we parted ways amicably. I told him, well, you know, if you wouldn't have signed me up for that course, I would still be working for you. So it's kind of your fault that we got to this situation where we are now. But um, he was the president of the Midwest Nathostatic Club, and he invited Dr. Moralia with Airway Health Solutions to present. And they did um, a two-day weekend seminar. And I just thought, wow, this is like the answers that I've been looking for of why my cases, some of my cases have been failing or not working. This is it. This is the answer for, and actually what a big answer for me was, this is what is going to help my mom. And this is what is going to help my kids. And this is my mom. She falls asleep in the dental chair. She falls asleep in the movies. She falls asleep anywhere. And I was like, you have got a real health issue, but she just can't recognize it. And I thought I really had to sit her down in my dental chair in a really professional setting and tell her, I'm concerned about how fragile your health is. And I want my kids to grow up with their Lola. And I want them to be able to know you. And if you don't get this problem taken care of, I'm worried for you about that. And so she's been a lot of my why behind learning more and figuring out more things and just all of the improvements I see with kids. And like I said, that's a tricky thing is their improvements. I can't say I'm 100% going to solve your bedwetting. I'm 100% going to get you to zero snoring. Am I going to get you better? And uh, maybe that volume is going to decrease a little bit with your snoring. Yeah, I I feel pretty confident about that. It's been really eye-opening and fascinating. And that's just where I get my, my passion and my jive with things is when I see those improvements in my patients, it's it's those patient um, physician relationships that have been really worthwhile and valuable to me. And I get that job satisfaction and the rest of my staff gets that satisfaction too. And so it's fun. At the end of the day, we're like, how cool was that? Did you hear they weren't sleeping in the same bed before and now they're sleeping in the same bed because they're not snoring anymore. Like that's huge. So yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Now, let me ask you, when you decided to start your own practice, you said it was in 2021, what month? So I opened April, 2022. Okay. April In April, was it just solely with the vision of we're only going to do dental sleep medicine? Or was it like, we're working with some dentistry, you know what I mean? Uh, restorative things like that. And then we're going to do some. And then eventually you were like, nah, let's just dive into, how did that go? No. So I was opening hundred percent where I was going to do mostly myobrace for kids uh, and that growth guidance appliances, myofunctional therapy. And then, like I said, as I learned more adult approaches, then I was like, okay, well, let's incorporate that. And then what's funny is when I opened TMJ and like pain and disorders are so prevalent that those are the people that could Google were the adults that were in pain. So I actually got way heavy TMJ patients and I was like, okay, now I have to go way heavy into that continuing education for that too. They're so married and it's a rabbit hole, but you have to kind of decide, okay, where are my energy investments going to go in right now? And then I had to get really invested into my TMJ practice. And so I'm doing TMJ. uh, When someone asked me my quick elevator pitch for 
just the regular consumer who maybe doesn't understand all that stuff. They're like, okay, well, what do you do? I tell them, I do a dental solution to the medical problem of sleep apnea. Um, I help with sleep disorder breathing that can help it happen in kids, TMJ pain, snoring, and crooked teeth. And they're like, okay, I get that. And like, when you come into my office, you're going to get a lot more. But at least that's like something for them to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. Was that ever scary, Brittany, where you're just like, we're really niching down here, super niching down to where it's like, we're not doing the normal type of dentistry. Can this be sustainable? Or how do you think? Yeah, I think there's there's always that little bit of fear and any startup practice, whether you're doing a niche practice or you're doing a general dentistry practice, you do, you have that worry of like, okay, can I pay my bills off and everything else like that? Well, when we were positive cash flow, the first four months, I was like, okay, my stress level has definitely decreased. And like I saved all, a lot of working capital in case that wasn't the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't need it. And so I think it was even like the first full month we were open, I was like, oh, we're, we're like, we can do this. We've got this. There's the issue too of like, if you go too fast and open the floodgates before you have all your systems and protocols in place, that can actually be detrimental um, as well. So I was like, well, I want to scale slowly. I want to get my procedures down because like I said, I've been taking so many CE courses and trying to incorporate this and incorporate that. And so I really am happy with the growth that we've had. I am excited for future growth. And for me, and it's not always the case, because I definitely see this on uh, people's comments on Facebook groups with everything else. But for me, my stress level um, from an associate to an owner has actually decreased because the problems that happen are legitimately my problem and in my control. Whereas maybe as an associate, there were all these other issues, but they weren't under my control. I couldn't do anything about it. And it frustrated me. And so now that I know it's in my control, I'm like, I have no one else to blame but myself. Okay, let's get it done. Yeah. Sometimes that's scary. Sometimes it's, it's scary where you're like, oh, I can't blame anybody else but myself, you know? Yeah. But then yeah. it's, a good, it's a good approach that you're taking it where you're like, I, 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 it's all on me. You know, I'm accountable for myself. So yeah. I like that. Would it be okay if we kind of dived into your business right now and discuss like, you know, how much was the build out? What type of practice do you have specifically? Things like that. I know you said fee for service, but... If we rewind a little bit, did you go to a bank for a loan or no? Yeah, so I went with Bank of America. Okay, why'd you go with them? I liked the rep that I was working with. And I guess, I, again, I'm not associated with any company. And that's what I love about my practice is that I'm me. No company owns me and everything else. But I will say that I've had some bad instances with Wells Fargo in the past. And so I just was like, I don't want to work with you because you have dinged me in the past with different things. So even though you're giving me some good options and... I mean, I looked at Wells Fargo, I looked at Bank of America, and I was trying to do 100% financed office. So those are the two that I looked at. I didn't even go with any local credit unions or anything else like that. Also, I know this sounds super crazy, but I was moving across the country. So I started this process in Iowa, knowing that I was going to move to Utah to open up a practice. So I had to work with a national company. And I had, before I closed the loan, I had to be within 60 miles of my intended practice. I had to have a job within 60 miles of my intended practice and I had to live within 60 miles. And so I started the process 1,100 miles away in Iowa and I finalized in Utah. Wow, why did you, why did you move? Great question. When I was working at my group practice, Ankeny Dental Professionals, I love them, they're great. I was realizing again that 
okay, I'm not going to be able to buy the stuff that I want and to do everything and to devote myself fully. So if I had to start square one regardless, because I had a non-compete clause, mm-hmm. if I just could start square one regardless, I can literally start anywhere, anywhere. So we started looking and I would have loved to open up in Hawaii. They didn't accept my boards and I didn't want to take boards again. Okay. I looked into it. Also, when it, but when we really sat down, we were talking with my husband and trying to decide, okay, well, what are the factors in picking a place to live forever? What, what do we want? Well, we want beautiful outdoors so our kids can play outdoors and that we can take them on adventures. And we really want to be close to family. So then my husband grew up in Utah. And so we asked his parents, hey, would you be willing to move wherever we moved? And they said, we love you, but our whole family's here. We're probably going to stay here. Okay. Then we asked my parents who lived in Iowa at the time. They now live in Utah as of like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, fully. My mom moved about a year ago and then my dad had to finish up his job and then come out. And they said, yeah, we're willing to move wherever we moved. So we decided to move to Utah. And then we did the whole demographic search. So in the startup process, I worked with ideal practices. You do the demographics analysis of, okay, what is your ideal patient and where do you want a where where does that location match your ideal patient and in location to where you want to live. So then we decided, okay, well, we want to live within a half hour of family. So we took like a half hour radius of Provo, Utah, which is where my in-laws live. And we just looked to see, okay, well, where does the most socioeconomic status to, uh, for being a fee-for-service practice in lower income demographic, they wouldn't be able to afford that. It's definitely necessary to still serve that lower income population. We try and give back in different ways, but for people to accept our treatment, that is that they consider slightly more elective. For myself, I'm thinking heart health, reduction of uh, cardiovascular problems and, and diabetes and dementia and stroke. That shouldn't be elective, but for most people, they see that as an elective service. Then we went to Ideal Practices, hooked us up with a real estate broker. And that real estate broker deals in mostly dental um, commercial spaces. Mm-hmm. And he just started taking us around and we just looked until we found a place. And I love the place that we ended up. Okay. Now, so with Ideal Practices, you guys found the location you're in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you like Ideal Practices? I really liked them because I'm kind of naive and I don't know when I'm getting taken advantage of. That's a big portion of it. And they walked, they held my hand and walked me through the process. So it was an investment for sure, but they also gave me accountability. I'm a procrastinator and sometimes, so they, you know, hey, we're going to meet in a week and we're going to go over these options. And they just hooked me up with the right people because meeting that dental broker, then he suggested the construction company and the construction company suggested an interior designer. And of course I interviewed other people outside of what their suggestions were, but their suggestions are what I liked the best. And I went with them in negotiating my lease for my space. Cause I'm leasing my space. When I was negotiating with my landlord, they gave me the like rules of, okay, well, this is like kind of what you want for TI and um, tenant improvement allowance. Mm-hmm. And this is what you want for square footage. And this is what you want for this. And these are the typical norms in your area. Don't settle for less. So I went into a meeting with the landlord and he was a little cutthroat. But actually, he turns out he's the nicest guy ever. I really like him. But he was like, well, why should I give you that much? You know, I'm not going to make money off of you if I give you that much money. And I was like, well, because like (laughs) typically and I could shout out different numbers and I could do different things. And she was like, oh, you've done your research. And I was like, 
ideal practices, did the research for me and gave me that ammunition to go at it with that meeting. How much was your TI allowance? I ended up getting um, 75. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, that's really, really good. Okay. So then rewind a little bit. You said ideal practices was a good, and because we see this a lot, right? Especially in the groups and things like that. Like, oh, who should I go with? Blah, blah, blah. And all these things to help me out. What was the initial investment? I don't know if that is a often reported number. I think they, I don't know if I signed an NDA with that one or not. Okay. No worries. No worries. It is an investment. It's an investment though, right? Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's up there. It's higher. It's, I don't know, five, five figures maybe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Not six. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then rewind a little bit. You said you went with Bank of America. You didn't go with Wells Fargo because they dinged you in the past. What was that? I had the cash in my account to buy a car flat out. And I was like, okay, I'm purposely taking out a car loan with you because I want to get the credit history. And she's there like, okay. And they're like, well, take this loan out. And I was like, I have the money in cash to buy my used car. I have it in cash. I'm just taking it out. So I, again, I'm naive. I trusted her and we filled out this application and they're like, denied. And your credit score is deemed because you asked for an inquiry and you were denied. And I was like, and I bought, I was buying a $6,000 car, but my debt to income ratio, and I was in residency, so I didn't have a lot of income, which I'm like, she should have known that, right? Like, yeah. it, that's what I think bankers should understand. And I've had so many different people at Wells Fargo tell me what dings your credit and what doesn't. And I've gotten some hits to my credit, but I still have really good credit. And I think this is just being the type A personality. I'm like, no negatives. Don't even get me a negative one point, you know? Um, So it probably wasn't that big of a deal, but that kind of irked me. And then also it took, it took a long time for Wells Fargo to switch over my maiden name to my married name, which is totally my fault too, but they wouldn't recognize like my certificate of marriage. And I was like, I'm in a different state than when I, where I got married in. So I can't go to the courthouse just to pick up something. So again, they're kind of petty little issues, but I was like, eh, that kind of annoyed me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever you want, right? It's like your preference on that, on that situation. Yeah. With Bank of America, what was the loan amount? Um, I ended up getting 525, but then they tacked on interest like already with mm-hmm. different things um, because you get interest during your build out phase. So it ended up to be like 553. Gotcha. And how was your build out phase? Was it easy? Was there a lot of delays? How did that go? Um, so my construction company was really good. Mark, if he's listening all, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, she was a little crazy towards the end. Um, So actually we did, we like did our walkthroughs together. We did a lot of things. If I had any changes, he would just change it. Um, He was really, really willing to work with me. The week we were supposed to open, the walls were supposed to be painted on Saturday. They weren't painted. And then they were supposed to be painted on Monday and they weren't painted. Then they were supposed to be painted on Tuesday and they weren't painted. And then Wednesday and then Thursday and then Friday comes around and I lose it. Yeah, no, yeah. And I'm like, we're opening on Monday or we're opening on Tuesday. That It's still not painted. And I've stayed till 1 a.m. every day trying to get this office together. We put in so many hours that week before it opened. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, so we just did it ourselves. But it's he was trying to get a family member to do it. And I think that was the, the problem too. Oh my gosh. So he was like, you know what, Brittany, I shouldn't have asked this family member to do it. That shouldn't have been the case. I'm so sorry. So he, he, I call, he called me Friday morning and I was a little like high strung. And then he called me Friday afternoon and I had like, he's like, okay, you feel like you're calm down. And my high strung, I don't know, is probably on a different, it's not like 
yelling off the charts. I We never yelled. He could just hear my voice that I was like, okay, we said we would have this done and it's not yeah. done. So besides that, from the get-go of when we broke ground in October, I signed my lease in September. We broke ground in October and not broke ground as in like a, a total ground up, um, just like the inside of the, the space. Mm-hmm. Um, they were intending to be open February. They're like, we'll have construction done February. And of course, you always want to tack on a little bit extra to that. And so it was, he said February, beginning, end of February, beginning of March. Then it ended up to be end of March, beginning of April. And then I had my April 12th opening date. So we had to do it by then. So overall, being like a month and a half post-construction phase, that, that month and a half, that really delay, because again, you kind of expect that. But he's like, from October to February, like a five-month bill out, and it ended up to be a six-and-a-half-month bill out. Oh, okay. That's still, that's still pretty good. You know yeah. I mean? So, and then again, I know that um, comparison is really bad, but when I'm looking at other people's stories, I'm like, oh, you know, we got it okay. These people are like, I have some friends who are like, oh my gosh, our company, it's like they did a whole ground up and they're like a year later, it's yeah. still not finished, you know? And I'm like, okay, I am so glad that I'm not in that situation because my landlord also, I got um, free rent for the first six months from him. And so I was like, I have to have it done by then because this is like, that's how all my finances work out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You don't want like the free rent and you're like, we're not even open yet. We're not even open yet. The free rent's not really helping me out right now, but I get you. Right now, how many employees do you have? So I just have two other people. So it's myself, my myofunctional therapist, who also happens to be my husband. <laughs> I used to introduce him first as my husband and my front desk, my office manager, my jack of all trades. She was like, no, at the office, he's your myofunctional therapist first. And I was like, that's right. So, but he also assists me chair side too. Mm-hmm. And so we had seen this guy like three times. And then on the third time he walked out and he saw our family picture that we have. And he was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> it was like... Oh, you didn't realize that? So, yeah. And then I have an office manager who has helped out with six different startups. And she's also helped in a specific like TMJ dental sleep medicine office. Mm-hmm. And she has been indispensable for sure. Cause she comes out with the, with us, with the insurance billing knowledge to do medical and um, insurance and dental insurance. And she's very, very organized. So all the systems and protocols that we're kind of, trying to create. I ask her her opinion on a lot of things. And I really value that opinion. And when it comes to, I mean, even when it came to like what buying which office chairs, I'm like, you're going to be sitting in this office chair. So what do you want? So she was, she's been with me since about February and we opened in April. And so, and she's really, really flexible too. So um, she can come in, she can do remote, which that's interesting. I, I should tell you how I do remote too, but, and, uh, and other things. So how do you do remote? So uh, uh, talking about how I kind of come at the model a little bit different than the mm-hmm. dental industry model. I don't have Dentrix. I don't even use a dental software. I think it's actually like a behavioral therapist or um, mm. like a psychology software. So it's called Simple Practice and it, you can do medical billing from it. So it's all cloud-based. So simple practice is cloud-based. And then you have an app on your phone. So wherever we are, we can see what the schedule looks like. And because my office manager is really willing to do a lot of things kind of differently than normal, 
what we have is we don't even have VoIP phones, the voice over internet provider. Uh, We don't have a typical landline. We just have Google Voice. And that Google Voice can ring to any one of our cell phones. And we can also turn it off from ringing on our cell phones after certain hours or other things like that. But we, we just leave it on all the time. And it has a text feature as well. So we can text our patients. So I don't use Mango or Weave or anything else like that because that's, again, adding and adding and adding, which to the, to the financial investment, which for a larger practice might be the answer. But for our smaller practice and for our startup, it's not. So we pay like 14 bucks a month for Google Workspace and uh, Google Voice. And we can take calls on our cell phones from home and we can schedule it from home on Simple Practice on the app or on our computer. And it's worked out really well. Nice. Okay. So that's like the remote, right? On how you guys function and also within the front and everything like that. You said she, your front office, office manager, came with a lot of systems, right? And procedures. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did she come with with, where you were really impressed or that you utilize right now? You're like, man, this is fantastic. We need to continue to do this or why haven't we done this before? Yeah. So just even just everything. Since she'd worked in a in an office before that had done dental sleep medicine, she came with all the forms. So all the consent mm. forms and then also like any follow up forms. So when I tell you that oh, I'm hoping to get you 60 to 70 percent better. Well, how do you track that? Well, every time they come in, they fill out a form that rates their pain one through 10 and rates them. So it's still subjective, right? It's still the patient. But then it's also the patient writing down oh yeah, I actually haven't had to take ibuprofen or Tylenol the last three weeks. Like that's amazing. Or I haven't had to do this. And so it gives us a record and it also is making the patients like sit down and really think about their services that they're getting. And then that makes them more satisfied because they see those improvements. Also, we haven't had this a huge issue with this yet, but also we'll be like at the end of treatment, if they're like, you didn't help me at all, but they had marked three out of 10 pain when they came in at a 10 out of 10 pain, you can show them, you know, this Mm -hmm. is really what we've been tracking and what we've been getting you to with different things. So all of those, those forms and everything have been really good. She's just really organized too, that we just organizing things on the desktop and how our patients are, are tracked and recorded. And she scans all of our papers in and labels them um, and and everything. So she doesn't let like a receipt or an invoice get past her until she scans it in, puts it into a Google Drive for our like our AR stuff. And and then it gets also saved to the desktop. So we just have like a lot of different checks and balances. And of course, we have systems that we can improve on as well. So she comes in and she'll do like an intake form over the phone or in person. And since she understands so much of the dental sleep medicine, she's already giving them that education. So she's telling them, oh, well, my daughter, when she went through treatment, this is what happened and this is what I see. And, oh, yeah, we've treated patients with this or that. And so she's kind of my closer, too. Mm, gosh, so she does. She's a lot. Like you're, you said, jack of all trades. Like, kind of yeah. like, a, that's really, really nice. So then do you plan to bring on more people? How is that looking? Yeah, she could just do insurance billing, financial treatment plan presentation. And because she also helps people sign up for third-party financing or does an in-house financing plan or other things. So, I mean, she could really just do that and then not do scheduling and phones and and the other stuff. But again, since we're small, we just kind of spread it out between all of us. But I do see myself getting another um, assistant of some type, whether that's uh, in the form of a myofunctional therapist who also helps chair side, but that's, that would be ultimately what it would be. 
And just thinking from when I was with ideal practices, they're already having you like, okay, how big do you want your practice to be? Like what? And like everything else, like they make you really think. That's why I liked ideal practices. Mm -hmm. It says I like thought of my end goal because sometimes I'm really tunnel visioned and I think, okay, well, what am I going to do next month? No, what am I going to do five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And initially I was like, I don't want any more than 10 for sure, 10 people. And then when we got into this space and going around, I think I'm going to stick with a crew of five or less. Uh, five would probably be about our max. So again, a little bit different than, than that dental model. But if I had an assistant who could scan for my appliances, take CBCTs, and then flip and help sterilize, and then a myofunctional therapist to help work with the kids when they come in for their monthly myofunctional therapy sessions, and maybe an extra hand up front. So that would be three in back, two up front, than me. I am also looking into two other uh, revenue streams and maybe bringing in someone that wouldn't be necessarily part of my core dental sleep medicine team, but that could work on our off days using our our laser um, for facial aesthetics or other stuff hmm. like that. That would be interesting. Yeah, I like that. So how many days are you open then? I am only open by choice three days a week right now. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to leave it like that? Or do you only, pl- do you plan to maybe... Be open all days, but you only work three days or how does that look? Yeah. So a little bit of that. Um, right now I have a preschooler and so she is humwa and she, it's funny because my kids complain, mom and dad, you're working all the time. And I'll make you guys get us four days out of the week. That's more than you get us. And we don't even bring a ton of work home with us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys don't know how cushy you have it. So mm-hmm. I have, I have a beautiful family. I have a four-year-old, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. The six-year-old is in all-day kindergarten, um, and then uh, and the eight-year-old is in third grade, so going full-time. Um, and the preschooler, though, is not. And so we're choosing to be three days a week so that we can still spend time with our kids. And she'll be going into full-day kindergarten next year, next fall. So that might change the way that we keep our hours a little bit. But to be honest, I love three days. It's yeah, great. yeah. Yeah. So then um, what I'm considering is bringing in a medical director and a master esthetician to do, to operate the laser and do facial aesthetics on our days off. So our other two days off. So they could be doing something for two days and then we could be doing our dental sleep medicine for three days. And then we're utilizing the space, which then doesn't really raise a lot of our fixed costs. And it's just an increased revenue stream. The reason why I haven't pulled the gun on that is because well, figuring life out and doing different mm-hmm. things there. But then um, I want to make sure that I'm coloring within all the, the legal lines with with that um, and making sure that the medical director is on board and that the, the master esthetician can operate the class four laser, which in some states they can, some states they can't. Utah is very gray and I have issues with like, so the, some people are, I'm like, just give me a black and white answer and I'll follow that. But no, it's like, it doesn't really say much. And so I feel like as long as I don't let them do ablative procedures, um, I'm with within the zone. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of dentists out here that don't even have a medical director and still do it. And they do just fine. And I, and I feel like, you know, that is our scope, head and neck. But then is that a lot of people ask me to, well, doing, helping them with their nasal breathing, is that within your scope? And I was like, well, it, it's affecting the joints and it's affecting the airway. And yeah, I feel like that's in my scope, but that's not written out in law. So yeah, nice. Okay. That's so nice though. Uh, Brittany, that like your, your kids, they, they're like, I want you home more mom. It kind of shows, 
goes to show we're great parents. You know, they're here. They want us here all the time as well. So that's because nobody ever signs up for this and says like, hey, I want to work more hours and be away from my kids and not do, you know, you kind of sign up. So you're like, I want to have that freedom to be with them. But we forget sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the work and everything like that. And then our goals and all these things and the kids, you know, yeah, they are at home and mom, where you been? You know? Yeah. yeah. And you get that. Do you ever have that mom guilt or no? All the time. Uh, I think it's a little, I've just come to accept it and it's a little less now. And because my husband is super supportive, I mean, he helps me open up this practice with everything. Um, but whenever the kids start to complain about stuff and he's like, your mom is working so hard for you, like realize what you're, you know, getting and stuff like that. I think because he was a stay at home dad for eight years before we opened up this practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they would prefer him over me. Oftentimes when they were babies, they would cry and they would just want dad. And that would really kill me. Yeah, I would just, and my husband's like, I want you to take them. Like, I'd rather not have a crying baby right now, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't take me. Um, and that was a little, a little hard. And then sometimes when I come home now, my little girl won't let go of me. And I'm like, just let go of me. So you can't have it both ways. Right. So I think again, going down to the three days a week, the mom guilt is, has lessened for me too. Cause I'm like, really, we're with you four days a week and we're doing this. But I also have to remember, Hey, if you're home four days, that means that you should actually be playing with them and giving them the attention. They have the ability to get your attention, but am I giving them that attention that they need? So, yeah. And I don't know how, so I don't have any kids or anything like that, but I have a lot of nieces and nephews and it's like after eight hours, I'm, I'm just like, okay, you guys are good to go back to your parents now, you know, kind of thing. But parents have like this, re- they've worked all day. They've done everything. They're like, the kids want to play. And they're like, all right, let's go. In my mind, I'm like, where do you get that second, third wind? How does that happen? Yeah, it's it's exhausting. And there were times that I felt like I was just a roommate with my husband because we'd be working and then we come home and we do the food and, and homework and bedtime routine and then we're exhausted and then we just do it all over again. So I think, um, I mean, my word for a, a lot of everything has just been intentional. So you've just mm-hmm. got to be intentional in in planning things with your spouse and planning things with your kids. I try and do dates with my kids, like single individual dates. Sometimes I'm more successful at it than others, but they they remember that. They'll tell me too, Mom, it's my date day. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Okay, what do you want to go do? You want to go shopping with me? But it's still something kind of one-on-one with them. Yeah. Is that what you kind of did when it came to, because you, I like how you mentioned that. It felt like a roommate, right? Your spouse, your husband. And, and it can kind of come to that even sometimes when you're just like, oh, we're always talking about business. I don't want to talk about business. But then you're like, okay, let's talk about something else. You're like, well, what are we talking about now? You know, it's it kind of quiet. And then, so then how did you, I guess, make that more, or how did you recover from that? How did you make it intentional? So we we have um, been gifted before, and then this year we purchased but season tickets to the um, the local community theater. And so what's funny is last year when we had that, sometimes it was like, oh, we have to go on a date now. Like we just worked and and our play is scheduled tonight. We, we have to scarf our face and run to that play. Then we run to that play. We sit and watch it. And then it gives us something else to talk about. We on the drive home. Oh, that was really fun. So it's kind of funny because it's, it's a little bit of work. And if you like become lazy about it, which I definitely have at times, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. You just scroll on your phone and you do nothing. So we've gotten um, like two player games because our kids, well, our kids are actually now old enough that they can start playing some games with us. but 
um, before when they were little. They can't understand how to play any games like that. So getting two-player games or um, having the scheduled plays that was good and then or being like, oh my gosh, Daniel, you haven't taken me on a date forever complaining about it. Then he, he you know, steps yeah. up. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, no, that's great. I like that. You have something scheduled. You're like, it's there. We got to kind of make it happen, you know? And you're right. Work. It's a lot. It, it does. It, everything good takes work, right? So I, I appreciate that. Throughout this process, one of the last questions I want to ask you is, I guess from the moment you decided you wanted to do, you decided you wanted to own your own thing, your own practice, your own business. Till today, what's been your biggest struggle or fail or pitfall? Complacency. Because we're making our bills. Am I taking a bucket load home each month? No, but we're doing fine. So why do I need to work harder at something? Oh, for example, looking out on my door, I still have a paper door sign because the vinyl door company didn't come and put the vinyls on my door. But have I like, it's been fine. Do I need to fix it? Or how much happier would I be if I got that fixed? Again, that's my own fault and problem with everything. So I think um, just trying to maintain that motivation to keep on going. But every time I go to a new CE course, I'm a CE junkie. Mm -hmm. Every time I go to a new CE course or meet up with a group of friends um, or other things like that, I get re-motivated and re-jazzed to do different things. Uh, And so it's always good to... Keep your stress bucket of life low and your enjoyment bucket high. And if for me, if that was being complacent about not calling the vinyl company for the fourth time in a row to get that put on. But there, there are things that I can work on. I think that's of, of all the different things to complain about. That's kind of a funny thing to say that that's been the, the hardest thing for me. A lot of other things have just really fallen into place and have been really fantastic. And that's been that's been good. Um, and so I just need to keep my momentum going to make sure that the little things don't slip through the cracks and that I keep that standard really high. Um, and so that it reflects in my work and reflects in my patient relationships and my family relationships too. I love that. Brittany, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, of course. So, um, you can look up online. We're just www.alpineairwaywellness.com. And you can look up us up on Facebook or on Instagram with the same handle, Alpine Airway Wellness. We do have a YouTube channel. Again, being complacent, I definitely need to put more content and videos on with different things. But uh, it's been it's been a fun ride if anybody is considering doing the startup or doing a niche startup or anything else, um, definitely feel free to contact me. I'd be happy to talk your ear off as uh, Michael now knows with different things. But um, thanks for inviting me on the show. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being with us. It was a pleasure. And we'll hear from you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Brittany, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We truly appreciate it. I feel like I could really relate, especially towards the end, um, not so much with the kids, right? Because I don't have any kids. But when it comes to like being complacent, almost sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not, right? I think it's complacent to the point where you're content is great. But like if it's just comfortable, comfortable and you know you could be doing more, but you're like, eh, you know, not that uh, Brittany's in that situation. I'm just saying like I feel like sometimes I, I fall in that. And so I really appreciated how uh, she she mentioned that. And sometimes I, I, I'm sure a lot of you also can relate. Let us know if you can relate. Feel free to let us know on the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group where we talk about all the episodes that you're listening to here. We talk with the guest 
and and much much more things that happen on in the dental market or a society facebook group so guys go ahead it's going to be in the show notes below that link to join that free facebook group so go ahead and join it and at the same time remember if you really want to support the podcast scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and on there is where you'll see our sponsors now if only you need one of their services products or anything like that click on their logos or their links and schedule a free personalized demo or let them know that you heard about them from the dental marketer podcast or if you need something from them then you can go ahead and purchase it but make sure you get the exclusive deal that you get with us when you mention the dental marketer podcast um, that helps us out a lot when you do that it really supports the channel and it lets us do what we what we continue to love to do which is provide amazing content for you guys so thank you so much for doing that we i really appreciate that so thank you so much and i'll talk to you in the next episode